I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the CND NBA show. What's up? What's up? Hey, Dylan, how you doing? I feel so good. It feels so good to have finally a team whose coach has the same vision as, or any vision whatsoever, is not blind uh, and has the same vision as our GM. And it just feels like I we actually have, you know how you said on Twitter, like, Someone was like, this team without cat is a G League team. You're like, this team without cat is an identityless team. Well, we were an identityless team because we didn't have the trifecta of the superstar who matches the coach, who matches the front office, whoever Pobo or whatever any NBA team has GM. But now I feel like we finally have the trifecta. And I, yeah, we're lo- we're gonna lose games, but it's actually kind of maybe a good thing that we lost this one in such a heartbreaker fashion, just because Carl Towns wasn't in the game, and now we get to uh, tank for our pick and or for a forty percent chance at our pick. <laughs> Yo, I'm I have faith in the Wolves having good lottery odds this year. I could just feel it in my bones. <laughs> <laughs> in your J bones. Anyway. The point is, we have synchronization, we have energy, we have synergy, synergy. baby. And uh, that's a lot to say after two losses in a row. But, you know, it's going to take a while with, with Mr. Finch. Uh, two playoff team losses, by the way. That's true. The Bulls are balling out. Um, <laughs> season ends today. They are in the playoffs. And not even for the play-in. There's a sixth seed right now. What? Uh, I know. That's wild. <laughs> the worst sixth seed in history. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm I don't want to get too ahead of myself with the with the Finch thing because I mean, at the end of the, like we still have to see. Mm-hmm. But I think Dylan, you wrote a really great article this week going into great detail about his uh pedigree and where he's come from and how his experience relates really specifically to this Timberwolves roster in his experience coaching Nikola Jokic, who is probably the most comparable big man to Carl Anthony Towns in the league. And uh, Brandon Ingram, who you and I both have compared Jaden McDaniels to. So, I mean, this is it's exciting. And Anthony Davis, who was Carl Anthony, one of Carl Anthony Towns' comps coming into the league. So mm-hmm. it's like all of these things. It's just so like you see all of these players and it's like, oh, he coached that guy. He coached that guy. James Harden, who is not a great Anthony Edwards comp, but you see where the like confidence in the shot and the confidence when he's driving and when he's really getting to the rim well, that's what you see. I don't think that Anthony Edwards will ever get to that James Harden level, but you see it like the big, hefty shooting guard type of person. <laughs> a little bit of a different type of heft with uh, Anthony <laughs> Edwards. <laughs> anyway, let's get to some real stupid news. Uh, first, the all-star reserves have been released. We got to talk about it in the West. We have Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damon Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. I think they did a great job in the West. That feels pretty good to me. That's I mean, um, I, I will say I don't know if Zion Williamson is the best player on his team, but I get why they picked Zion Williamson. I get it. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. I mean, he will be the best player on that team to watch in the All-Star game. And so... That'll yeah, be fun. Best dunker is the best player in the all-star game. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the only player, the only like abnormal all-star is Rudy Gobert. But 
you know, he totally deserves it. I mean, he is a borderline MVP candidate at this point. Oh my so. God, stop. Okay, borderline. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, sorry. I thought you meant borderline. Is he a borderline MVP or borderline MVP comma candidate? Uh, I think he's a borderline MVP comma candidate. Yes. Okay. Like, that's fair. <laughs> I If I had a vote, I'd give him a fourth or fifth place vote. But Wait, what? I mean, like, I probably I would. I don't think I could. I, 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 you know, I we'll see how the season goes. But like today, you got LeBron, you got Embiid, you got Jokic. The Mavericks have been on the rise. So Luka's kind of bubbling up. The Bucks have been disappointing. The Trailblazers have been disappointing. Kawhi, Kawhi is kind of the other one, though. I think the narrative as like of him being the best player on the best team is fine. But there are other narratives at play here. Like, is he the best player on the best team in the fourth quarter? Is he the best player on his own team in the fourth quarter? He's not the one producing anything for his team in the fourth quarter, much less teams are going to get smaller and play faster in the fourth quarter. And so Rudy Gobert has less and less of a place as the game goes on. Like he's an awesome, awesome three quarter player, but his whole career. And I, and I'm not saying that he's not doing that this year. I'm saying like, for the rest of the season, he's going to have to do this. And it's just, there's no precedent in Rudy Gobert's career that he has been able to do that late in the season when games get more important. I was just going to say, you know, I wonder who is the last player to win MVP who isn't necessarily taking the last shot of a game. And then I remembered Giannis. Uh... <laughs> but Giannis kind is of that mean? is, though. And that's, why, and that's why he hasn't gotten anywhere. But that's like... But I, yeah, I mean, but Chris takes a lot of the last, like when it's like the last shot that needs to be taken, it's Chris a lot of the time. Anyway, but look, Giannis is so much better offensively than Rudy. We've like, we've, it's not yeah, even, I a, get it. That's not, I a get game. it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, we're way off topic. And I feel you, <laughs> I'm not voting Rudy Gobert for MVP either. I just think he deserves some props because he is a huge part of what the Utah Jazz are doing. Now, the East All Star Reserves, we both have, it, this is this is a little bit more difficult. I think they Wait, did a little bit. Do you have Dame or Rudy Gobert? Sorry, I had to I had to ask. As what? Higher on your MVP ballot currently? Uh ask me later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it off pod. Sorry. Uh, I that's that's tough. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, let's talk about the East All Star Reserve. So we've got Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine. Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Vucevic. So really, the biggest piece here has been the Julius Randle pick. Um, That's kind of been a hot-button topic on Twitter between me and Dylan. I am fully in support of Julius Randle being an all-star. Dylan? I'm fully in support. Wait, wait, wait. I'm fully in support of, like, the idea of Julius Randle being an all-star. I don't think he's the better player. I don't think there's an argument to say that he is like more deserving of being an all-star. I don't mm-hmm. think there is a logical argument to make that would convince me that he is, that he should be an all-star over Bam Adebayo. You so know, what I think to so- tell me that the, the <laughs> Knicks have a better record. And uh, on that earlier today, that was when the Knicks were half a game ahead of the Miami heat. Now they're tied. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the voting happened. Well, the Knicks had a better record. So sorry. 
I do think it's in, so funny. Our our text a, in a less than thirty game sample size, you can't get anything out of a fucking all star game. This is the stupidest all star game of all time. It shouldn't even be happening. But like I in know. a seventy two game season where you're like not even playing half of the games before the voting, that's a blip. Sorry, Julius, your all star game has an asterisk. I'm happy for Julius though. He's been balling out. He's shooting forty one percent from three. He's getting five and a half assists, like eleven boards, twenty three points. And, you know, the Knicks offense sucks. And he is one of the only consistent scorers on that team. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I want to give him credit for that. I think Nate Duncan said on the Duncan and Hollinger pod that the coaches voted Steve Clifford and Tom Thibodeau into the All-Star game, which I thought was funny. And they were they were shitting all over these two being in the All-Star game. We had a discussion about Julius Randle versus Vooch. And I actually think that I do think that Julius Randle deserves it over Vooch. And you said one of your arguments for Julius Randle was, well, Bam's going to get a lot of all-star games in his career. And Julius Randle is playing very equally in a lot of ways to Bam Adebayo. And in, in basically every way and superior mm, in some. Mm, not in terms they're of in, like true shooting, not in terms of like rebounding defense. It's not even close defensively. Yeah, but offensively he's better. I mean, not the true shooting, yeah. but he's, you know, but he's taking he's taking more threes. He's just, you know, he's not <laughs> finishing it at the rim as much and, you know, whatever. It's fine. I get it. I get it. Um, Bam's but, the better player. I would pick but, Bam today if I'm starting a team, of course. But that wasn't my point. My point yeah. was that I think that Bam is clearly more deserving of all of the all-star game this year, but I don't think that Julius Randle is less deserving than Nikola Vucevic just because Vooch got it last year. And as you said, as one of your arguments for Julius Randle getting it this year was that Bam's going to get it in the future. Well, Vooch already got his and Julius is not going to get his anytime soon. Probably. Problem. No, this is this is the best that Julius is going to play. He's never going to play any better than this. (laughs) So, sure, I'm okay with the sentimental value of Julius Randle getting an All Star nod over Vooch. Sure, but not Bam. Not Bam. Bam could be a generational player. Julius Randle, I'm sorry, he will not be. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna all look silly when Bam gets second team All NBA next year. We're going to all look silly when Bam is up for Hall of Fame and he doesn't get it because he has one, two little all-star games on his resume. Hell, he might make All-NBA this year. Actually, no, That's there's true. no chance. Well, well, it depends well, on how, what the Heat play like, honestly. Yeah, it's just going to be hard with Jokic and Bede and Gobert all balling out right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, no, he has yep. no chance. You're right. Yep, 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 yep. In the same fashion, I mm-hmm. thought that a different player should have gotten the injury replacement. So it turns out that Devin Booker got the injury replacement. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm not whatever. Devin Booker, fine. But Devin Booker got the injury replacement last year. And I'm sick of Devin Booker getting injury replacement all-star games. And I know a lot of people think that Devin Booker uh, was playing better. And pretty much the only thing that people were using was wins and points per game. To And, and whenever anybody just uses those two things as their uh, argument. I don't know if I can fully buy into that. Also, Devin Booker, like in terms of his on-off court numbers, not good. I don't need to look him up now, but I've been looking at his like advanced stats and they're not good. I think his box plus minus is close to zero this year. And so Mike Conley for me, especially because of sentimental value, you know, Devin Booker could get more all-star games. 
games. He's going to have so many more opportunities to get it. But Mike Conley has worked harder than any other player in the NBA today and has not gotten, who hasn't gotten the All-Star game, I should say. He's on the best team in the league and is arguably, in terms of advanced statistics, the second best player on the Jazz behind Rudy Gobert. And I wouldn't put Conley over over Donovan Mitchell personally. I agree that having that, being that guy who takes the last shot, being that guy who is the highest usage on the team offensively is the most important thing. Sure, I can I can go with that. But Mike Conley deserved the third spot for the Jazz on the All-Star team. Yeah, here's what I'll say about Devin Booker. You look at his BPM and for they're all really low. His BPM is zero point negative zero point four. His warp yeah. is zero point four. Twenty point six assist percentage to fourteen point six turnover percentage. That's a terrible ratio. Even like twenty four, four point three, and three to four point three assists, three point eight rebounds. That's all down from last year. Mm-hmm. I'm with you that Mike Conley should be the injury replacement, <laughs> but just because he's been grinding forever. He should be on the all-star team as injury replacement. Devin Booker's young. Right He'll get more all-stars. Yeah, and his stats are right there with Devin Booker's. That's a, a, what I'm, I'm not saying that that stat, like specifically his on-off court numbers, are what should like be the case for who gets MV, or who gets all-star and who doesn't. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is like when it's close and then you see that Devin Booker's team is better when he's on the bench technically, and then you see that Mike Conley, when his, when he's on the bench, their team is worse and he's having an awesome season and everything out, like all the advanced numbers are pretty even or no, not even pretty even way better for Conley, but all of the box score numbers may, may be a little bit better for Devin Booker. But like, my thing is that it's kind of even and go with the narrative. Mike Conley deserves it. Yeah. So I feel really bad for Mike Conley there. Cause he's probably not got another shot in his career. And that, that really sucks for him. Yeah. I think this is it. All right. The next piece of real stupid news is that Dylan got blocked by Darren Doogie Wolfson, our Woo! favorite local sports guy. It was so worth it. I got to ratio his ass. He tried coming at me. He always likes coming at smaller accounts. Here's the reality. If you get if you have a bigger account, you go at a smaller account, what you are is an internet cyber bully. Sorry, punk. Yep. So here's what happened. Dylan retweeted Doogie. He said, Doogie said, my question is whether the Timberwolves make Ryan fly commercial or charter him a flight. And turns out they make him fly commercial. And he said it's the yeah. Timberwolves are treating Ryan Saunders ruthlessly. And and Dylan said the real ruthlessness is how many last second painful losses the fan base has endured over the, over the past two years. To which Doogie replied... If your livelihood is based on how the Timberwolves are doing, may God help you. To which uh, Dylan responded, if your livelihood is based on trolling smaller Twitter accounts, may God help you. That's literally what his life. Doogie's ass, and uh, he got blocked. In other real stupid news, Rachel Nichols had a segment um, that led to a National Basketball Coaches Association statement about diversity in the coaching field, in which... She kind of let off by saying she doesn't want to judge the Timberwolves and then judge the Timberwolves for 10 minutes. <laughs> this is this is a really complicated thing. There's a there's like the Timberwolves are receiving a lot of flack for not promoting David Vanterpool to the interim spot. I think Rachel Nichols is making it complicated and I don't think it should be this complicated. In fairness. Well, 
Yeah, I well, I think the I think the the piece that complicated it is that the Wolves and Gerson did something that is like really does not happen very often. And the fact that is it is such an exceptional case paired with David Vanterpool being very like loved and respected by players and media people in like and people close to the league that sort of like really combined to make this really strong uh, reaction to what went down. Um, so basically, essentially, I mean, if, if, if you're not aware of what the, what the conversation is, essentially the conversation is why is Chris Finch being hired when there is a black man on the bench who has NBA credentials, who normally in normal circumstances, when a player, when a, when a coach gets fired, an associate or assistant coach steps up as the interim in the uh, time being until they can do a proper process. So like, why is this happening? Why is Chris Finch any better than David Vanterpool? Um, that's, that's sort of the question. And, and for me, the, the real piece is like the, the original sin is that the wolves had their thorough process back in what, 2018 when Gerson started. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and they they interviewed a ton of candidates, one of whom was David Vanterpool. And the person who Gerson wanted was Chris Finch. And then Glenn Taylor, being Glenn Taylor, you know, really strong-armed Gerson into hiring Ryan Saunders, who, between Finch, Vanterpool, I think they uh, interviewed Chauncey Billups as well. Like, <laughs> they, he was the least qualified of all of them. He was not a qualified NBA head coach at all. Like he had never been an associate head coach. He had only been an assistant to his dad, basically. Yeah. And and like he had never been a head coach on any level. Chris Finch skipped no steps. Even that being said, so Ryan Saunders gets hired and Chris Finch was offered the associate head coaching job under Ryan and he turned it down. And then they offered it to David Vanterpool, who was the second choice for associate head coach. That's what happened. And, and yeah. none of that was known by Rachel Nichols when her intern wrote her fucking monologue for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, and none and of that look, was known by Mark Spears. So, like, in fairness, they didn't know that, but they were talking out of hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I'm I'm there. I'm with it. Black coaches in the league are important. But let's go back just a few months ago to when Steve Nash was hired as a Brooklyn Nets head coach. Holy fucking Jacques- shit! Yes, after Jacques Vaughn actually proved that he could do a good job. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn went seven and three, five and three in the bubble against all of the best teams and against a Portland Trailblazers team who was playing to get into the play-in game. Otherwise, it would have been the Suns in the play-in game. And they lost 134 to 133 with a roster that was comprised of Timothy Lawawu Cabarro, their best player was Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and Jared Allen. That was their team. Yes. They they were missing Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, and DeAndre Jordan. They had and they, none of them. And they almost beat Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> and you know what Steve Nash got to do? Steve Nash got to go on the jump. Onto Rachel Nichols' show. And say, oh, actually, I'm not racist. I understand white privilege is a thing. 
Sure, I was a soccer analyst before this. <laughs> sure, I've never coached ba basketball before. <laughs> I was I was just kind of like a weird non-coaching assistant in Golden State where I was just talking to KD about taking some hezzy jimmies, whatever, blah, 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 pull-ups. But, you know, Chris Finch never played basketball in the NBA, which I think people tend to assume that playing in the NBA as a white person specifically gives you some sort of coaching ability above other people, right? Like black NBA players, David Vanderpool, for example, <laughs> don't get that same shit, you know? Like, so if we're going to, if we're going to talk about like white privilege and passing over, you know, black players, we, we took Jock Vaughn as a hall of fame basketball player too. And he what? did a good job. I, it's it's fun. Yeah, he is. He's a Hall of Fame basketball player. He was great in college. Oh, he's oh he got into the Basketball Hall of Fame in college. Oh, I didn't know that. Or from his college resume, I mean. It might, it, I, I imagine it's from his like resume as a whole. His number eleven jersey's been retired by the Kansas Jayhawks. We should have done research or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Why I thought he was in the Hall of Fame. Damn. The one. Oh, he was a MV, He was a he was an NBA champion too. <laughs> how much did he play that year <laughs> that was at the end of his I career <laughs> i don't I don't ask me about it <laughs> so he's anyway not, he's not a hall of fame player but he played in the nba for a long ass time not only did he play in the in the nba for a long ass time he played under the greatest coach of all time maybe greg popovich and then he was an assistant for greg popovich for two years give that man a job that man fucking earned it, but yet the Brooklyn Nets are ready to win now, so they have to hire a person who's never coached a game in his fucking life. Shaking my fucking head. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, Steve Nash is such a good coach because he's playing with fucking two MVPs. This three in Brooklyn is the best three to play together since the Miami three. <laughs> since the OKC this, three. <laughs> this, this, might, <laughs> this might be better, uh, you know, than the Miami three. Like, I think... KD is not Braun, but, but he's not that far away. Dwayne Wade is not James Harden either. Yeah, Dwayne James Wade is Harden, not James Harden. No offense to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a great player, but the highest he ever got was, I think, third in MVP voting. And yeah. Harden's been there, been third in MVP for the last three years. And Chris so. Bosh is certainly not Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So... <laughs> <laughs> offensively right. that is oh, the best three that's ever been that's ever played together like even better than any three amalgamation you could have had that was in golden state so i want to talk about chris finch's resume because a lot of people are overlooking this this in terms of chris finch's resume it's so 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 much better than any first-time coach that i can think of because he has won championships at every single level he's ever coached. He's been a head coach. He's been an associate head coach much longer than Vanterpool, who has been an associate head coach for a year and a half and then was assistant coach with the Portland Trailblazers. He won two championships as a coach in England. Then he won another championship as a coach in Belgium. And then he won a championship as a G League coach down at the with the Rio Grande Valley Rap, uh, Vipers. Yeah. He is one on every single level. And then on top of it, his associate head coaching resume, he got Jokic to be second and most improved player. We've talked about this, or we mm -hmm. wrote about this at the very least. 
uh, in our articles. Check out zone coverage, by the way, everybody. But also, he got Brandon Ingram his most improved player trophy, which Chalenga says was rigged, but whatever. Stolen. He stole it. <laughs> Who'd he steal it from again? I mean, Christian Wood, Devontae Graham. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, I don't Rock, think most Jaycock. I don't think most improved should ever go to a number two overall pick because you are just playing up to what like everyone expected Brandon Ingram to be good. You know? I don't I don't know. That's I just fair. it feels wrong. I get that. <laughs> to get back to Chris Finch, he had a 67% winning percentage with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. He goes on after that. Now he's a three-time champion. He's like, okay, I'm gonna go on to the NBA. He, go, he starts coaching as an assistant coach for the Rockets, not as an as- associate head coach, a little different. But the Rockets in 2015 with head coach Kevin McHale made the Western Conference Finals, kind of surprisingly, because th- those Clippers were supposed to be there. And they fucking Josh Smith their way to uh, victory. Josh there. Smith and fucking Corey Brewer came <laughs> through and... <laughs> And you know what? I'm I'm putting all of that on Chris Finch, baby. And then he's like, okay, so now, <laughs> so now I'm gonna go over to Denver, and then I'm gonna make Nikola Jokic awesome. And then you know what? I'm gonna go and make AD awesome. And that was the year that AD won by himself without Boogie Cousins in 2017-2018, won the first round and swept Dame Dalla four games to nil. That was an amazing series. Mm. I love that. Anthony Davis is good as fuck. I'm excited for Finch, and I'm rooting for David Vanterpool to someday get a shot. Just wasn't ha- wasn't this time. The thing that I want to say about David Vanterpool is like he had the he he has the worst resume, and and he was given a fair shot. And like yes, I get that he has a lot of great relationships within the NBA, but he hasn't shown that he can actually coach a defense because he's this defensive specialist. Unlike Chris Finch, he hasn't shown that he can coach a defense that has been higher than like middle of the pack. A couple, there were two years in his nine year career as a, as as an assistant coach where the team was above 15th in defensive rating. Yeah. And you know, he hasn't always had the best defensive, you know, personnel, but still, but like, just one or two times be in the top half of the league, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. good enough. Maybe he will be a really great head coach someday. I'm not trying to say that he won't be, but like Chris Finch has shown on every time that he uh, is an associate head coach, every time when he was an associate head coach uh, in Denver, their pace and their offensive rating skyrocketed. Same thing uh, happened with the Pelicans. And then guess what's happening this year with the Pelicans offensive rating and pace way down so when he leaves offensive rating and pace down when he when he comes in offensive rating and and pace go way up do you know what gerson rosas his whole philosophy is pace and offensive rating yeah yeah let's let's stop giving jobs to stan van gundy you know let's stop (laughs) giving jobs to fucking tom thibodeau you know they've gotten it complain complain about that you know yeah and and tom's doing a fine job in new york I, i get it but I, and I love I Stan Van Gundy as a person. He's a yeah, great guy. I do too. I think he's great. But is he going to coach another good team? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, uh, he was great in 2010. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's a different league. Anyway, we're excited for Finch. 
you know, we were going to talk about the games, but we went long. And you know what? There's not a lot to learn about the game, uh, learn about Finch from the games, except that Carl's going to get a lot more touches, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, he took and more all, assists. All, yep, he took like 20 shots in both games, which is yeah. amazing. That's what he should be doing every time, every game. Uh, Malik Beasley got a lot of shots. Ricky Rubio did not take that many shots. I mean, it just is looking like it's looking like this team is supposed to look. Absolutely. Which is helpful. It's really exciting. And the Timberwolves are like more competitive. Like this is the first time where I feel like the Timberwolves were competitive throughout a game this season. Cause it seems like every time the Timberwolves have won, it's either because they were way ahead and then they just squeaked by at the end or because they were way behind like in OKC. And then they just somehow were or, able to win or New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I really do think that this is going to be awesome. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns career high, 11 assists in the first game. Uh, in this in this second game, he still had five assists, 24, yeah. eight and five. I mean, he's looking so, so, so much better with the offense running through him. And he always makes the right decisions. I love Carl. All that being said, I am worried about Carl because he fouled out tonight. And I think that this could be a problem as the pace goes up. There are just more possessions for Carl to make stupid ticky tack decisions. Some of the fouls will be 50, 50 calls that will just go the wrong way. And I'm not saying that every call was awesome from the refs tonight, but like the refs were weird tonight. They were very weird tonight, (laughs) but most of those fouls were fairly attributed to Carl Anthony Towns. I will Mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. worried that Carl he's had, foul trouble before in the past here and there uh especially when he's just had dumb whenever he has dumb offensive fouls that's when i know i'm like oh there's going to be foul trouble later on because you have as a as a center you have to save your your fouls for the defensive side of the ball yes just because and and you know what the thing is it's not only the pace but his usage is going to go up Mm -hmm. like it, it, it it's clear that everything is going to run through him and he got his fifth foul late in the fourth and it was an offensive foul. And like when you get your your fifth foul late in the fourth, like that's tough because you're not you can't get pulled when you're the best player. Like you just gotta play through it. And uh yeah, so he's gonna have to really hold back on those offensive fouls, man. I think the more I think the worst foul was the one that happened in, in the second quarter. We had to pull him with like three minutes to go, and then all of a sudden we're down by ten. And, like, I know that that isn't all, Carl, but, like, Nas Reed kept fucking fouling. Like, mm-hmm. Nas Reed is... I know that people love Nas Reed, but I just I love don't, Nas Reed, too. I love Nas Reed, but he's not a starting center. And no. he's going to make defensive mistakes, and he did. To mm-hmm. That led to the Bulls going up by 10 at the half. Yep. Well, and, yeah, J-Mac ended up on Zach Levine a ton, which is, like... <laughs> Was killer. Oh, oh, you know what? I know that the uh, Bulls announcer did say the Tobacco Road tandem, and that was kind of racist. I I felt, and I and I didn't, and I didn't like that. But I think the worst thing that they said all night was that J Mac was an awesome defender. (laughs) I mean, he certainly try. He tries hard, but they they're like he's known as a a really good defender. You know, I uh, guards who get steals, oftentimes. It just becomes a part of their deal that they're good defenders. But like 
getting steals and being a good defender are two different things entirely. True. No, no, he is a he's an awesome hustler. You know who he, else gets a lot of steals? D'Angelo Russell. Oh. <laughs> so let's let's pump the brakes on that. Zach Levine was cooking uh Jordan McLaughlin and I, but Zach Levine was kind of cooking everybody. So uh in the league uh, this year. Yeah. Although uh, Jaden McDaniels had a really good defensive possession on him on the wing, and Zach Levine just hit an insane shot yep. over Jaden McDaniels, and it's like he didn't have any space. Like Jaden McDaniels was uh, centimeters away from fouling him, and he didn't, and Zach still hit the shot. So you know, I guess I, I don't want to put too much uh, hate on J Mac for getting cooked by Zach Levine because that's what Zach Levine does. Yeah. Anyway, I look forward to watching more of what Chris Finch can do. I look forward to seeing what the team looks like. Actually, we have two days off here. The Timberwolves could be going home after this because they could be going to Chicago and maybe having a day of practice because the Timberwolves are going to be in D.C. on Saturday. Oh, they're in D.C. on Saturday. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So So I got some time off. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually think that they're going to get a day of practice in there probably. And then the Suns on Sunday. Yeah, I think um, Nate Duncan also had a great suggestion. You know, as much as Nate Duncan frustrates me, sometimes he's very smart. He said, maybe maybe they should just take some losses, play their guys less so that they can practice more on the front end and instill some stuff pre-All-Star break and then come back and, and boom out of the All-Star break. That would be dope. So we'll see. I hope so. Thank so, you for well. listening to the CND NBA show. <sighs> Um, don't forget to follow us on CND MBA show on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email at cndmba at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, review, do all that shit. Tell your friends. We got a logo on the on the way, courtesy of Will Leach. Um, look out for that. It's gonna be hella tight. Um Tony B, our you know what you did. St- yep, read our stuff on Zone Coverage. Dylan wrote a great article this week. I wrote a, a very pretty piece about the the difference between Gerson and Glenn. <laughs> Dylan wrote about Chris Finch. And uh, we got some more good stuff coming, so check it out. Darren Thank Wilson. Bye. You, you know what you did. <laughs>